The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Basketball What's society. going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by BasketballSocietyOnline.com and the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. As always, you are joined by your host, myself, Alex Fishbein. So, it has been a little while here because of some moving around, moves places, you know, Uh, up in a temporary place until I have this place coming of my own where we can actually make a real studio and make it look good and make everything look nice. Um, So that should be fun when that finally comes around. But before I get into things, as always, guys, if you are here, that means you're here for some great basketball content. So please, if you're watching on YouTube, Drop a subscribe, a like below, click the bell as well to get notified whenever we have videos go up. We have videos going up all the time. So make sure you subscribe down below. Also, you can get Atlantic Files and Basketball Society anywhere you get your podcasts. You can get them on Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get them. Search the Atlantic Files. And also, if you just want the general Basketball Society podcast, search Basketball Society as well. You'll find all the clips on there as well. So, without further ado, let's get into it this week. So, um, it's been a little bit here, but uh, the standings have been more or less the same, really. So, right now, we actually have a tie for first place in the East as well as a tie in the Atlantic. We have the Brooklyn Nets and the Sixers both tied at 28 and 13. We have the Celtics in third and actually tied for sixth. Um, and I think even tied for third in the Atlantic, to be honest with you. Um, that is Boston at 20 and 20 and the Knicks at 21 and 21. And then we have the Raptors in the 11th seed in the East and fifth in the Atlantic at 17 and 23. So, as I said, more or less the same kind of standings that we've had before. A lot of the teams kind of going along the way that we expected them to, especially, you know, Brooklyn you know, starting to win bunches of games ever since they got James Harden. The Sixers still staying afloat at the number one seed, even though they have the toughest part of their schedule coming up the second half of this season. The Celtics, there's a lot going on there. We're going to talk about them in a, in a moment here. Um, and the Knicks, they actually just won last night after some very, very tough fought games against the Nets and the Sixers back to back, just barely losing both of those. Um, so big time uh play from the Knicks in both of those and I mean they even won by one point in that game last night led by their defense so (coughs) excuse me it's been great for them um in terms of the Raptors there's just been pretty much a lot of bad luck in terms of injuries and now COVID and you know like when they were starting to hit their stride and everything that's when this this COVID stretch hit and took out pretty much all the best players on their team other than Lowry um, I mean, they were without Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, um, and I think there was one or two other guys that may have had it, and they were out for a good stretch of games there. Uh, at least they didn't miss as many as they could have if it wasn't the all-star break, but 
Um, still really unfortunate timing for them. And especially at the Sixers, too, with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid um, testing or, or uh, getting ruled out of games for contact tracing since their barber tested positive for COVID over the All-Star break as well. Neither of them could even participate in the All-Star game, and then they also had to miss a couple more games after that. And right now, Embiid dealing with a hyperextended knee. So he's out for a little bit longer. Um, still waiting on Kevin Durant to see when he comes back exactly. Marcus Smart is back for the Celtics. So a lot of injuries and COVID-related issues coming back and forth, back and forth. Uh, so it's a very, you know, roller coaster of a time to see who's playing, who's not playing. Um, but anyway, so the main things I want to talk about today are about the Celtics and the Raptors. The first thing we're going to talk about is what are three things the Celtics need to actually be legit contenders this season. Now, don't get me wrong. They're definitely playoff contenders. Like, they will make the playoffs. They're at the sixth seed right now. I know that. They're 20 and 20. They're only at 500. I get it. But they're going to make the playoffs. The big thing, obviously, is that a lot of people thought they were going to be championship contenders this year. And when you've watched them play no one has truly believed that they could actually compete for a championship right now at the level that they are playing. Tatum and Brown playing at very high levels. They both deserved to be in the all-star game that they were in. And it like they're not part of this issue. Now, some people say coaching might be the issue because of rotations and everything. Some people say injuries and, you know, just because of this crazy COVID season or people just aren't gelling or whatever it may be. But let's let's dig into this and see exactly, like, what is going on. Now, outside of their top four, which are Tatum, Brown, Smart, Kemba, there really isn't much going on. I mean, just looking at the averages and points... You got 9, 7, 7, 5, 5, 6, 7. <laughs> really nothing happening there. And even with their top four, you have Tatum and Brown at 25 and 24 points a game. Then Marcus Smart at 12.9 and then Kemba at 17.9. But we have to preface that with the fact that Marcus Smart has only played 21 out of their... 30 or 40 games they're 20 and 20 so yeah they the team has played 40 games Marcus Smart has only played 21 of them so almost just above half um Kemba has only played in 23 of them Jalen Brown's played in 37 of them Tatum's played in 35 the only per not a single one of these players has played in all 40 the only one that is well the the one that is the closest would be Daniel Tice who's played in 38 of the 40 games so they haven't really had a consistent you know healthy 100% roster we get that and a lot of the beginning of the season Kemba was out um but on top of that a lot of these guys are are not delivering on offense that are needed to or expected to. I mean, Kemba's shooting 39% overall from the field and only 35 from three. Then you have Marcus Smart shooting 39.9% from the field and 33% from three. Um, Daniel Tice, he's been a little bit better in terms of percentages and everything. Tristan Thompson is kind of just... 
he's a neutral really like he's not really giving up that much stuff for boston but he's not adding that much either um semi ogile has just kind of been really rough to watch he's only been getting 19 minutes a game as it is but i mean 41 percent from the floor overall isn't that great uh, especially when you're only taking about four shots a game not really great when it, when you're making on average 1.8 out of every 4.4 shots that's not something you can rely on or that is going to be consistent for you grant williams hasn't really um i feel like grant williams might be able to get into a rotational role where he's more consistent and actually giving you the things that you want from a bench power forward but he just I don't know. He hasn't really gotten the rhythm going. He has been shooting it better from three this year. He's been shooting 40%, which has been great for him. Um, but in terms of other production, I mean, he's almost averaging three fouls a game on only 18 minutes. So he's kind of just coming in and fouling and then coming back, back right back out. So like he doesn't even have the chance to produce much because he's in foul trouble. Um, and then you got, like, they bring in Jeff Teague as one of the backup point guards, and he has kind of been nothing. Um, Peyton Pritchard, who was showing a lot earlier in the season, has very much so died off. He hasn't really given you much either. You know, Carson Edwards that they got a while ago, nothing. Taco Fall is kind of just a novelty at this point. He's like the, the cigar at the end of a game if they're up by a lot. Uh, Tremont Waters, they haven't really given him much of a shot at all. He's only played in 10 games and only 9.8 minutes averaging in those 10 games. Um, Javante Green, another guy that was playing more towards the beginning of the season and then kind of fell off. Um, even Aaron Neesmith, the guy they just drafted, he's played 19 games, 15 minutes per game in those shooting 39% from the floor, 36% from three. I know he's a rookie, but like you either got to give him some more time to get acclimated or I guess you do this and just don't give him much of anything at all. So really, like what are we getting at here? There's, like I said, three things that they could use to actually be a contender. Well, I'll give you one. They need defense. Because, so even though in terms of opponent points per game, right now they're ranked 13th out of 30. But their defensive rating is ranked 22nd out of 30. And their net rating is only a plus 0.8. So the offense at, a, at 11th out of 30 in terms of offensive rating um so obviously way above their defensive rating um the offensive abilities of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are really what's keeping them afloat per se I mean that's 49 points a game just with those two and then you finally get contributions from some other guys you get some of those wins that's where it comes from but in terms of defense especially when their defensive leader in Marcus Smart has been out for almost half of the games that the team has played, it's going to be pretty hard to be a good defensive team. Jalen Brown and Tatum, not bad on defense, but Kemba Walker, usually not very good at defense. Um, undersized, he gets some steals and plays some passing lanes, but in the 
ultimate, you know, in the overall statement of it, just not a great defender. And then in terms of interior defense, I mean, you're not going to find a big man or even any wings or anything that are scared of going against Daniel Tice, Tristan Thompson, Semi Ojale, Grant Williams, and Robert Williams. Those are not interior defenders that really are stopping anybody or scaring anybody from going into the paint. Um, so, I mean, at that point, it is what it is. And when it when you look at the, um, according to Basketball Reference, the defensive four factors, um, which is what they list as, you know, like four, th- four factors of teams that are going to like four things that you can use to predict if a team is good at defense or offense or whatever it may be. Um, They're ranked 18th for opponent effective field goal percentage. They're ranked 13th in opponent turnover percentage, 15th in defensive rebound percentage, and 28th in opponent free throws per field goal attempt. So they're giving up a ton of free throws because they're fouling all the time. Like the defense isn't good enough. So they're making up for it by fouling guys because their defense isn't good enough to actually stop anybody from getting those buckets. I mean, we go down the average personal fouls. You got Tatum with two, Jalen Brown with 2.9, Smart with 2.4, Tice with 2.8, Thompson with 2.1, Grant Williams with 2.7. Pritchard with almost two. He's at 1.9. Um, out of those, the lowest are both Semi Ojale at 1.2 and Kemba Walker at 1.3. So they're they're averaging a lot of fouls as a team. Um, they're even they're 26th in the league in personal fouls per game. They're they are averaging 20.9 fouls a game. obviously your defense has to step up if you're giving up that many free throws they're like what are you guys doing to allow them to get so many easy buckets free buckets and ultimately you're giving up games you're giving up leads because they're scoring on easy easy shots and they don't even have to take the time their opponent free throw percentage is 80.1 which goes 27th in the league their own free throw percentage is only 75.6 and they're not even getting to the free throw line as much as their opponents are they're getting to the line every 0.192 field goal attempts while their their opponent is getting to the line every 0.223 so the defense has to step up you gotta you gotta bring in a defender a whether it is a you know a point guard uh, one that can guard point guards better or well i should say and one for interior defense now i posted a podcast um much earlier i think it was still in the off season and uh posted a clip on youtube as well when i talked about how the celtics should look into drew holiday honestly looking at this issue right here and the offensive issue, I think Drew Holiday would have been the perfect piece to put in here instead of Kemba Walker. Really do. I think Drew would have fit like a glove. He would have been amazing. And he would have taken this team's 
abilities to another level, kind of like he has with Milwaukee when he's is playing. I mean, he also was out with COVID and stuff like that as well. But when he's on the floor, it gives them a whole new look. And especially on defense, a whole new um, intensity and talent level on defense as well. So what's the other thing? Um, what, what's the second thing I should say? Well, they need another offensive contributor, especially one off the bench. Like their, their bench is really what needs to improve the most. So let's instead, instead of saying offensive contributor, let's say the second thing they need is a better, better bench pieces. Um, because when you look at their bench, so usually their starting five is something like Tatum Brown, Smart, Kemba, Tice, usually something like that. Sometimes they throw Semi Ojale in there and bring like Kemba off the bench or bring Marcus Smart off the bench, whatever it may be. Um, like, okay, so we'll look at Tristan, Pritchard, Grant Williams, and Jeff Teague. Like those are usually the first few people off the bench. And, so, and Robert Williams. That's seven... 7.9 points, 7.3, 5.4, 5.1, and 7. They're not giving you much. They're not really giving you anything at all. Like, I feel as though if you're going to be a real championship contender, you need a bench piece that's at least giving you double digits a game in terms of points. And there are guys out there that they could look at. There are guys like Lou Williams that, you know, has been on the market. There are guys like, I mean, you could even go for somebody like for the Raptors for like Norm Powell, somebody like that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of options out there that they can look at, but they're, they just haven't, they, they've come up short or they just haven't been willing to give up certain pieces of their team. I mean, in my eyes, I think you got out of Kemba as much as you're going to get. So, like, with everything that you have gotten so far out of Kemba, I think that is the max of what you're going to get already. He's 30 years old. I'm not saying he's really over the hill, but I just think with the knee issues and everything, with this crazy COVID season, if you're still trying to compete, I think Kemba's one of those guys you got to look into giving up. And, you know, if it might take somebody like Peyton Pritchard to get you a an elite bench piece, you do that. That's just something you got to do. You, I mean, Tatum and Brown, they're only 22 and 24. Like, you still have time to kind of recycle a couple different people and still be in their window. Um, even Marcus Smart, he's only 26. I mean, you have... You have room. And to be honest with you, I think the only untouchables on this team should be Tatum and Brown. Like, that's it. I think everyone else should be on the table for for this team. Because if you keep this team intact in the way it's going, it's on a downward trajectory. It's not one that looks like it's going to get much better. So what's the third thing that the Celtics need? I would say the third is that you need a better third piece to your big three. Kemba is a good player. He's a good offensive player. But I don't think, especially right now, 
that he is up to par to be your third guy in a big three and still be a championship contender. I do think that they need somebody else in terms of a third piece. Like if you if you had somebody like Zach Levine on this team, this team would be easily up there probably tied for first place with Brooklyn and Philly. This team, I mean, it would change the entire face of this team. If you had somebody like um, Bradley Beal, if you had somebody like, and I know it takes a lot to trade for these guys, don't get me wrong, you're probably going to have to trade somebody like Kemba, probably also Marcus Smart, one of your young guys, and a pick or something. I get that, but in the end, it's worth it. And then take some buyout guy candidates as your bench pieces and try to make something there for this season. But then going into the next season, you have a better big three and you can build something better off of that. So I think that's what you should go for if you're looking at Boston right now. Those are the three things I think you really need. You need an interior defender um, and probably a guard defender as well. You need a better bench piece. And you need a better third option in your big three. And to be honest, I mean, that's really redesigning almost the whole team <laughs> other than the two people. So um, and now so real quick, I want to touch on the Raptors, too. Um, since we're talking about like moving pieces, building teams and whatever, I think for the Raptors, the only three untouchables for the Raptors right now should be Van Vliet, Siakam and OG Ananobi. And those guys are 26, 26, and 23 years old. So you got to start making moves right now because if you wait too long, you're going to be outside of these guys' window. Um, Kyle Lowry has given the Raptors everything. He deserves everything from the Raptors. But I don't think if you are the Raptors, I don't think you need to keep him past the trade deadline. Get somebody for him now. You know, send him out and get him to a team that he would like to go to and still compete for a championship. Like, give him those wishes because honestly, this year you're not competing for the championship. You can make the playoffs. There's still a chance for that. There's still, you know, you got that outside shot at the 11th seed. That's only three teams to jump, really. You got that possibility. But when it comes to a championship, just be real with yourself and know you're not competing for one with this team. Um, and Chris Boucher, he's been a nice little, you know, diamond in the rough kind of guy. But you could probably get some get something decent for him from a uh, team who's competing for a championship because that would be a great bench center for anybody, really. And then Norm Powell, that would be a great bench piece for almost any team that's trying to compete. The Sixers would love to have him. The Celtics, like I said, would love to have him. Um, I bet you the Clippers would probably be asking about him if he's up for up for a trade. You'd probably have even you'd probably even have like guys like the Lakers, the Nuggets. You'd probably have a lot of people looking for Norm Powell to shore up their bench. And you could probably get some picks out of it, some expiring contracts, whatever, and be able to make moves in the offseason with, even with the money you have tied up for Siakam and Van Vliet. So to me, I think you let some guys like Malachi Flynn, um, you know, like you brought up Henry Ellenson. You also have uh, Jalen Harris and people like that. Like give them some more time, give them some more run, see what you got with them because obviously Aaron Baines isn't the answer for your center as well. So neither is Alex Len. 
Um, neither is, I really don't think, uh, Utah is one of your answers either. So you have some people that you can go through and look at to see if they can actually give you some help later on down the road, as well as the fact that you can actually get something in return for these guys instead of the next season, either letting them walk or re-signing them and just trying to run it all back and know that it's still not enough to get you there. You just got to make a decision. You, you either, you got to you got to do something with it. You can't just let it be because right now letting it be and staying the same, you already have gotten passed by the rest of the league. You're just going to get passed even more. That's really what it comes down to. But that's it for me, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by BasketballSocietyOnline.com and the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. As I said, make sure you subscribe to the Basketball Society YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, right down below. Hit the subscribe, hit like, hit that bell, hit the bell button so you get notifications whenever we upload. And also, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Just search The Atlantic Files or search Basketball Society. You'll find both of them and we'll be on there. So thank you guys for listening and I'll catch you guys next week. Peace.